0: Hey listeners, this is Chuck Tuck, your host. Today, I have with me Lee Smith, first-time published author. So join me in this conversation with Lee, where we talk about her inspirations to how she came up with the story, why she came up with the story, and do writers really have writer's block? So sit back and enjoy. As always, thank you very much for listening, and please, I ask for you to rate or comment But give me a five star. Uh, This is only going to help this channel grow. And the only way that people are going to be able to find the station is if you give it a rating. So whether you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, any of your favorite podcast stations, you should be able to give it a rating. Thanks so much. And let's just jump into the conversation. Laura Lee, you are an author. Um, I guess I am now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you guys, uh, or y- not you guys? You, you, um, just authored a book within a collection, a collaborative, and yours was called um, uh, um, Winkle uh, Rita Van Winkle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're right. There were there. Were, you can say you guys. you, you gals. Whatever. Gals. It, um, There were five of us uh, that worked on this. And yes, mine is called Rita Van Winkle, which is a spin on um, Rip Van Winkle. Yeah.
0: Well, before we get into your actual story and things Mm -hmm. like that, um, I want to know, is this your first story or your first book that you authored? Uh,
1: it's the first one that I've published. yeah, I've been working on um, a few other stories, one in particular um, that just was getting um, just kind of stuck and I'm gonna bring that out um, shortly and dust it off and and make keep working on it. I'm not giving up yet on that one, but so
0: yeah. it is true about writer's block then
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think during this COVID, we were all kind of struggling, uh, which then we, one of the gals, um, Bernice, who kind of uh, headed up this project, came up with the idea of collaborating together. And that really kind of got the wheels turning, and we really helped each other and got things um, kind of revived.
0: Yeah, as far as this collaborative effort, each one of you uh – five ladies, you Mm -hmm. each had a different story. So did you kind of help each other out? uh, If you got to the point where you're going, gosh, I don't know where to take this character or where to take the story. Did you reach out as a group or something like that and say?
1: Absolutely. So the, the way we um, came together is we were already in a writing group together. Like we call it a critique group and we were all working on different things and we would, meet once a month to share our work and then provide feedback uh, to each other. And so we'd already been doing that on our individual stories um, over the last year. So while we were working on these particular stories, each um, I think we met about every two weeks um, because we were on a fast, hard deadline. So we kind of picked up the pace and, so each um, week we would get together, you know, virtually share our stories and provide feedback and, and ask questions like, yeah, I'm stuck on, I don't know what to do with this person at this point. Or, um, you know, here are three ways I'm thinking of going here. And then we'd all just share in and mm. help each other. Yeah.
0: Um, what is it? did it lead your story to a totally different place when you do something like that? Is it it's to a point where you're going, well, you know, my character, my mind was going this way, but then the outside influences or ideas, the collaborative effort totally changed the storyline. Did that happen? or
1: You know, um, it, it didn't really happen for me as far as changing the, um, ultimate ending and i i think maybe one other author her ending kind of switched a little bit but for the part i think we were pretty pretty solid on where we were going uh in our stories um so there weren't any major changes uh based on feedback but subtle um subtle changes yeah
0: so then, that leads me to ask: How do you write a story? Do you have, do you start with the ending, or do you start with the opening, um, or do you start somewhere in the middle and then figure out how the story is going to end and how it's going to start? How, how did you
1: write your story? Yeah, it could be any any number of those things. Um, so, for me, I knew. I knew I wanted uh, to do Rip Van Winkle. I was pretty sure I wanted to do that. So I kind of played around with some ideas and um, I wanted it to be, you know, she goes into the future and things have changed. Well, in the original Rip Van Winkle, um, he only goes 20 years in the future because he's already an adult. Right. But this kid is uh, this, my character is a kid. And so it had to go, 70 years in order to make her really old. So then I had to really think about my futuristic stuff. Um, So that's the area where I really had to work on, but I did know that I wanted her to fall asleep, wake up in the future. And then I wanted it to be a little bit, um, a little bit ambiguous. Does she make it back to the past or does she stay in the future? So it's sort of an ending where, the reader
0: has to think about it and kind of decide. So I hear with, um, musicians, you write what you're familiar with or what you've experienced or gone through. So are you a dreamer? Do you (laughs) want to figure out what, or find out what the future is? Is there a little, is there a little kid in you that wants to know what's, what's out in the future?
1: Yeah, I am a dreamer for sure. Um, and you're right at like musicians uh, for me it's it's easier to write what i know i know a lot of writers they do a ton of research and they um you know do write a whole lot of historical fiction and have to really dig into to stuff to learn it um mm-hmm. i'm more of um yeah like a personal experience typewriter and so I, I write what i know so but um I also like to live in the moment so yeah this thing I but I love the idea of time travel I think um it's just very intriguing you know if I were going to go in the future um what would it be like you know that kind of thing
0: there's a, is there a little struggle in you <laughs> do I want to be in the here and now or just
1: yeah yeah, yeah. So definitely you've
0: got, you've got to be a traveler too then because you're talking about Time travel—you're you're talking about going into the future. Sounds like exploring different avenues of um, what's life or what's out there. So you must be a traveler, sort.
1: Yeah, I definitely a traveler. Uh, this year is killing me because I can't go anywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, when when I first came up with this um, idea for Rip Van Winkle, um, I had. I had been living in uh, Europe for about three and a half years um, traveling around and teaching English. And, and even though it was only three and a half years, when I came back to the States, um, this was um, between the years of 2003 to 2006 ish. Mm -hmm. um, I Yeah, I left in 2002, came back in 2000, whatever. Um, So it was about three and a half years. But I came back and everything was different here. Uh, Weirdly different. Like There were Bluetooth and Blackberries, and everyone's writing blogs and all this stuff that had developed in just that short amount of time. I felt like I was gone for 20 years. Mm. And uh, I mean, the Bon Marche was no longer around. It was now Macy's. It was just like... Everywhere I turned, it just seemed so bizarre. Um, so that's kind of what was the uh, inspiration for writing this story. But yes, you travel. Definitely I'm a traveler.
0: So you said it was kind of an inspiration to write this story. So has this story, because we're in 2020 now, towards mm-hmm. the end of 2020, has this story really been in your head for, for years and you just wanted to find a way to, to get it out?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, when I came back from Europe and, you know, we learned about blogs and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. So I was writing blogs about my, um, a little bit about my travels, but mostly just uh, you know, silly daily antics, you know, whatever. Um, but I did think about this uh, particular experience. And I never really got it down on paper. And so then when this opportunity came up, I thought, oh, I'm going to do Rip Van Winkle because I really felt like I was Rip Van Winkle. And, and um, I want to recreate that a little bit.
0: So back stepping a little bit. So like I said, this opportunity came up and you said that you were already in a a, a group and it wasn't a collaborative group. Yeah. Uh, Book writing, a story writing group, right? It, it was. Right. You wrote. Did you write short stories, or did you just write things? And it was more of a literary group where you might have discussed certain things.
1: Yeah, our group is uh, specifically. We were all working on children's oh. uh, picture book writing, so that was a, that was our focus. Um, we met through the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Is how we came together um, originally. And so we were all working on children's stories already, different, uh, very different, each of us, um, different stories.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, you just had a virtual launch, correct? And like a we Q&A did. session type of situation. Mm-hmm. Was that pretty successful? How'd that go?
1: Uh, it went really well actually. Uh, I think all of us were a little nervous um, because this is not our forte. Mm-hmm. And then once you create something like this, it's like you put yourself out there and you're not really sure how it's going to be received and um, you're excited about it, but you're also kind of nervous. And uh, But yeah, it was very successful. Um, I think it helped to have that there are five of us. So there, we have different, five different perspectives and uh, five different people from all different areas of the, uh, Pacific Northwest. And
0: so. Uh, do you recall any of the questions that were asked of the, uh, from the viewers? I mean, were they, were they, were they, were they, peers? Were they fellow writers? Were they people that were interested in a, a children's or young, young person's book or how, how did they find out about this? <laughs> This, uh, virtual launch and
1: the launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in general launches, you know, um, ideally, ideally they'd be like in a little bookstore, um, in your neighborhood and people it's mostly for friends and families and community to come together and, and you just, um, you know, uh, celebrate the completion of your, of your book. Mm-hmm. So this was a lot different cause it was virtual and so really the way people found out was, um, social media, word of mouth, um, telling our friends and family and extended people, um, about it, but definitely we had people from across the country. So that was really cool. Um, I know, uh, my, a lot of my family is back East. And so I told them, well, it's going to be a little late for you, but if you can stay up <laughs> and watch and they did. So it was cool. Wow.
0: Uh, so there has not been a, or has there been like a pre-release? So were any of the callers privy to reading the the stories prior to, or?
1: You know, I don't think, um, I know that one, um, one of my friends had ordered the book, um, from Amazon. And so she had it, uh, she was probably like the first person that got it. She ordered it so fast. Uh, so there was about a week, so that not very long. I don't, I don't know how many other people actually read it.
0: So speaking of places to get it, Amazon is one place. Uh, are there uh, other, yeah. other places that uh, folks can order this? And mm-hmm. uh, it's now, it's no longer in a pre-order. Right? It, it's it's right. available right now. They they can order it and they get it.
1: Yes and they uh so amazon of course um and then indiebound is another um uh, online source or people can just go to their local um favorite bookstore which we really encourage uh just to keep the bookstores um you know the brick and mortar still uh in business so they're happy to order anything um that a customer wants usually
0: good yeah and that's a good thing to point out is you don't have to purchase online from the, the big guy, mm-hmm. uh, especially right now. in this, this time, this situation that we're going through it would be nice to be able to either call up your local bookstore um, mm-hmm. or, or I don't know, uh, we're back to whatever we are in right now. So can we even go wander around in the bookstore? But you know, if you can go there and ask for the book um, and then definitely order online and the compilation, the name of the compilation could be found under um what's the name of the entire compilation oh
1: i'm sorry it's Is yeah it? the girl who lived in the shoe and other torn up tales so Here. and then it does say compiled by bernice seward and uh she was the master uh mind of this whole idea so she has her name on the front but you are in there but i'm in there yeah each of us has a title page and then the title page will have the author's name um, before their story.
0: So uh, the illustration, did you, did you illustrate or did you hire an illustrator or how, what, you know, how did you do it personally?
1: <laughs> well, I am not an artist. Um, <laughs> and so that was the most, I mean, writing this story is challenging, right? And there's revisions after revisions and a lot of work goes into it, but I am not an illustrator. And so when Bernice had this idea that we were each going to inter, um, do our own illustration, oh, uh, I think uh, at least three of us would say that we were not illustrators and we were all thinking, I don't know, you know, and then she just kind of gave us a little tutorial and it's a collage technique uh, that they used and so she taught us how to use it, how to do it. We dove in, and we all created our own. Uh,
0: really? Yeah. Would so. you <laughs> mind holding up just one quick page, a picture of one of your um, illustrations that you did? Uh, yeah. You can entice um, the watch, the viewers, and the listeners. They could just picture it in their minds. All
1: right. And then right. you can order it. Yeah. All right. Here's um, – my story opens with uh, Rita similar to Rip Van Winkle storming out of the house um, angry. And I don't know if you can't really, now I have, I can see I have a glare from the sun coming in, but anyway, I um, love
0: the graphics.
1: (laughs) I do. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I, um, it was really fun. That is the one area um, one of the questions you were asking earlier, what were some of the questions viewers that came to mm-hmm. the launch asked? And one of them was how much time did it take to do the illustration? Uh, and I think for each of us, it's different, you know, based on our artistic abilities and, and skills. Um, but that is one area I I wish there was more time. I wish there had been more time to work on it um, because it was so new for me and it was a lot of fun and and um, my entire office looked like a kindergarten classroom. I had paper and, uh, scissors and everything everywhere. Um, and I made several uh, revisions to my illustrations, but, um, I would have liked just a little more time to play around and experiment with that medium. So, yeah. So
0: is the entire book, um, for, for children, say K through three, or as it each story depends, it might be kindergartners or might be second and third graders. How is that working? Since there's, it's a yeah,
1: actually, good question. Each story um, is, the whole book as a whole uh, is geared toward uh, readers um, like seven to nine-ish or grades two and three, mm-hmm. two and, uh, second and third graders. Um, and We, so we kind of had that target age and the way, part of the way that works is when you're writing something, you can put it into, um, there are um, online tools. One is called Hemingway and you put your story in that uh, tool and it will tell you what grade level you've written and then it will tell you if you have too many um, difficult words or too many difficult sentences. And then you can kind of um, make your revisions around that so that you don't have a kindergarten or, uh, you know, fifth grader, um, you know, so that one age group can enjoy the whole book.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually kind of neat. Uh, it's very cool where you can actually take something that's today modern technology to help you write something. That Mm -hmm. might be for, well, it's going back to an actual book, something physical for for young children. That Mm -hmm. that in itself, I think is really neat that you're using technology to do that.
1: So that's cool. Thank you. I know my niece, um, her daughter is in the second grade and she's having a hard time finding actual books. Um, She's trying to get her a little bit off the screen, although this is available as an ebook as well mm-hmm. uh, if people want it but yeah um so i think parents still want their kids to have physical books and
0: i agree i mean especially in that second or third grade level where they 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 can hold it and they can read it themselves and just experience that turning to the page rather than having uh some sort of tablet inflicting just like a game. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a video game. It seems like something like that would just go in and right out to another game. Whereas that book, I can lay down, I can look at it, read it, <laughs> whatever I could put a little dog ear in the corner and get yelled at <laughs> for <after> doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh That's um, I feel the same way. I just, I am a book yeah. a person.
0: I definitely would encourage uh parents out there to, to to find the book to to order the book and you know maybe if they want to go both ways buy the book the physical book and also buy the download so if they want to read to their children you know the parents may find it easier to just do this
1: right so yeah um
0: i if you don't mind i want to take it way way back to when you were that second, third, fourth, sixth oh. grader. Was this, were you a reader, an avid reader back then, or were you more of a dreamer? Uh,
1: well, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that when I was very young, um, I was a reader, or I when I was super young, I wanted to be read to. You know, and my mom, would. she went to the library. Um, I think she would actually volunteer at the library um, once in a while. And she'd take me and I just loved picking out all the books. And, you know, I loved being read to and having a lot of books. Then there was that period, and I think kids still experience this today. There's this period where there's more TV watching and there's more whatever other things I was doing. And I didn't read. I didn't read. I think, um, I want to say like maybe fourth and fifth grade, sixth grade. I wasn't a huge reader. And then I, I found my genre and my author. And then I, from then on, I was a reader. And so, and I read everything. Um, I don't even have a particular uh favorite genre i just read everything Um,
0: wow well i guess that blows my question of what do you like to read most oh (laughs) all right so i'm gonna put this a this or that romance or science fiction
1: oh that's hard um really yeah those are so those are so uh I'm, i'm probably gonna say um science fiction yeah.
0: Good for you because the, <laughs> one of the science fiction books I'm reading right now, there is romance in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, there can't you see go. There's a romance
0: book that has science fiction, you know, that way around. Yeah. But there's always romance someplace, no matter yeah. what movie, no matter what book, there's yeah, some sort of romance.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. There's, yep. there's always an element. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of elements uh, of a story, So do you have, you did say that there's something that you were working on that you're going to bring back out. Mm -hmm. Do you use your daily experiences as these elements of part of your story or the next book that you're going to be writing? Is it going to be geared towards that second, third or young person, or is it going to get a little bit older?
1: Um, that is part of my struggle with the story that I'm working on. Um, first, the first part of your question, yes, I definitely use my daily experiences to inspire. Um, I either see something or someone says something, or I have some kind of experience that makes me say, Oh, I really, I want to make a story about that. Um, and then that's, you know, sparks start flying around. Um, so this, this other story that I've been working on started out as a, I wanted it to be a picture book, but then it sort of unraveled to where it could have been a chapter book for a little older child. And I've thrown it out to my critique group and everyone agreed that it should be a picture book. So I'm mm-hmm. scaling it back. Um, and the thing with... Picture books, like when we were kids, uh, I don't know if you remember, picture books could be pretty long. I mean, you had a lot of words sometimes on the page, and maybe those were the ones the parents didn't want to read because, you know, (laughs) it's like they just want to get the kid to bed, right? So now picture books are very few, um, they have very few words. They're, They're generally like 500 to 800 words. It's not a lot of words. And there is the challenge. And um,
0: challenge trying- meaning it's a challenge to fit an entire story in in five eight hundred words.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And generally, you know, the picture tells a lot of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will not be illustrating this future story. <laughs> um, so it has. There just is a. Um, this perfect storm of just the right amount of words just the right words and then the pictures um, will um, you know will be compatible to tell the whole story
0: now I'm not a parent but I am around young kids and currently from the age of oh gosh one up to nine years old hmm. um, do you feel that fewer, fewer words, is how do I put this properly? Uh, is it is it okay to have fewer words and more pictures for these kids or is it better to have more words like when we were growing up and we were either read to and there were more words so our vocabulary might have been bigger? Um, what's going to happen to kids of the future if it's all picture-based,
1: you know? I... Agree. I totally agree. And maybe that's because I'm old and I'm old school and I'm just, you know, um, not keeping up with the times, but I do, I feel like, you know, one of the critiques about, um, one of the stories as it was being reviewed was that the words were too, uh, complex or too, um, difficult. And, you know, the the author was saying, well, that's where the parents step in and, and help the kid look up the word and they learn new vocabulary. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, like you said, I think, I mean, so many words I'll use. And um, when I'm, when I was in the classroom, uh, kids would say, you know, where do you come up with this stuff, Miss Smith? It's like, they're, they're words we read are, and phrases. Mostly it's things like that, you know, mm-hmm. phrases that came up when I was little. And I just remember them and you use them and it just makes for a more interesting, you know, dialogue.
0: Well, I, I know you, you've probably heard this. Other folks have heard it, but we've many of us have heard knowledge is power mm-hmm. and words part of knowledge. If you don't know a word I mean, for me, a perfect example I get the, um, you know, knock, knock at the door. Hopefully my camera doesn't fall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I answer They say, hi, would you like to? And I look at my big sign, and I lowered it to where I think kids would be, no soliciting. Yeah. You know? They don't know what but
1: that means. They
0: don't know what a solicitor soliciting means. I even asked one kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the really cool thing is I have a, a six-year-old not mine living with me. And I said, Do you know what that means? And she looks, she goes, that means don't knock on the door. Nor, she said, nor, <laughs> but don't don't knock on the door. And I said, that is right. And I said, why? And she said, because you don't want to buy something. <laughs> Which, for her. I, so her dad is one of those that actually really works with her on different words. And I think the reason that they went over that one is they probably heard me complain one day when somebody did it, and I ended up buying stuff. You know, there there are times, high school kids, or somebody comes down, you're like, "All right, I know," but but there are so many kids, yes, that don't know what certain words are, and that Mm -hmm. would be my fear in in the the future of twenty years from now. um, The 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 vocabulary is just going to get this much smaller. And we, as uh, people in the Western culture of America, complain about people over in the Far East coming over, do, taking jobs, doing whatever. I mean, I'm getting off track, but it really has to do with, bottom line, reading. Yeah. You got to read and you got to know these words. If you don't know the words, you're not going to understand. So right. I right. hope right. you as an author will continue and write some big words. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I will um, definitely continue to to push that envelope on, Um, you know, I asked, I asked, uh, it was another group I belong to, and I asked one of the uh, women, so where did this 500 words come from? Why, why are they so, why are the publishers and editors so strict on um, keeping the word count? And part of it was parent driven, And I think it's because they didn't want to have to read these books, these long books to their kids, which I find is a shame. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Really. (laughs) And then the other was saying um, the other reason uh, that she said was that it makes kids be more um, think about the story and have to intuit what is happening by looking at the pictures. And, um, you know, seeing what's, what's going to happen or what they think is happening.
0: Wow, that's very interesting. I mean, there's too much psychology going into it for, for you know, for me. Uh, I, I, I remember as an adult, I would love to read more. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a, a habit that I haven't put into it, being a habit because I'm doing so much other stuff. But right. I love to lose myself in reading, yeah, uh, and I remember being young, and I loved reading. I would go to the library. I would do the the reading. You know, it, it, instead of running circles around in the track, it's how many books can you read in the in the in the month or whatever it was during the summers? How many books? Or you had a goal that you had to reach on um, books read, and you got these little stars and stuff like that. It, that I think to me is what really made me want to be an explorer to Mm. go out and see things uh, rather than just um, be stuck right here. And I guess what I'm getting at is if all I'm doing is looking at pictures, some it I might do this because there's no creative, there's no creative thought process because I don't know the words to put to that, to make Mm -hmm. it into a story. If Mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's like reading is, you, you you just said it like maybe you want to explore and reading um, brings the exploration and the travel and the excitement to find out more about these places um, mm-hmm. that you're reading about and, and then to want to go see them. And then when you do travel, you put it all together, you know?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so as far as you and uh, writing goes, and you are working on something that you're bringing back out again for younger kids. Do you, do you, do you want to, or is there a reason that you may not be thinking about older or adults? Um, or is it because uh, of the child and you still wants to explore and you want to get that out?
1: <laughs> you know um, I think for as long as I can really remember, I've wanted to write and, or I've, you know, been a writer, but whether, you know, wh- what can I say? I'm a writer, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a, um, you know, selling author or anything like that, but I have written, um, like, uh, for online travel, uh, magazines oh, okay. I've written, uh, for an online, um, motorcycle, uh, magazine and a few other things like that. Um, and I enjoy that kind of writing, but I, I think I've really wanted to write children's books for a long time. Okay. And it's a lot harder than I realized, I think, when I, was, when I was younger and I thought, yeah, I'd like to write children's picture books. And then I get into it and I belong to this society of children's book writers and illustrators. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many rules and there's, it's an area that is a very difficult to tap into. Um, so I feel like I'm just starting to tap with, with this book, which is exciting.
0: That is. Well, with all those rules, I probably fail as a, <laughs> a, a writer of a children's book.
1: It, yeah, it's, it's an assignment um, that when I was uh, teaching um, middle school and um, uh, 10th grade in the classroom, I would have them write a children's story. So it kind of teaches them the plot. Um, development of you know the arc of the story and so then they have to do it and then they have to read it to the younger classes and as part of the the final uh, of their assignment and they think oh this is going to be easy and then they get into it and I give them feedback and then they have to do revisions my gosh, this is so hard. (laughs) So they really got a taste of how hard it really is.
0: And you're absolutely right. It might be easy enough to start out the story by saying once upon a time on the beach. And then after you get there going, "Uh, where do I go with this?
1: Right. Right. Um, Yeah. To do the full. um, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You you can
1: always, that's
0: why earlier I was asking, do you start at the, uh, the end, the, the beginning, the middle, where? Because You can always say, oh, my story is going to be about, you know, climbing a mountain. Okay, so where are you going to start? Or what's the end? Is the end that you reach the peak of the mountain? Or is the the story about climbing the mountain, but the the story is really about the campsites along the way? What is it?
1: Right. And then usually in the story, there's some kind of underlying moral or message or uh, Mm. something you want um, the reader to get out of it and or something that makes it kind of touches them personally. So then there's that, you know, you have your basic, okay, this is what I'm going to have the story be about sort of. And then you start digging into all the little um, details. I'm like, okay, what's my message here? What do I really want the takeaway to be? And that's yeah. what it it's <laughs> Uh
0: So are you going to continue in these groups that you're in as far as uh, the collaborative efforts? And uh, since this was just released Was it on the 12th of
1: this month? Yeah, it was technically released on the 6th, and then we did our launch party on the 12th. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Uh, This might be already too soon to ask, but maybe the ladies have already talked about it, but are you going to do another collaborative effort where it's... uh, Well, um, I don't know if I like calling this a collaborative effort because it's an individual, it's a collection. Are you planning on doing another type of collection uh, of stories? You know, I
1: think we might, I think we're, we're, you know, um, it will be down the road a little as we see how this goes and Mm -hmm. we learn a lot from it, which is great. Um, And Bernice uh, who brought it to our attention and said, Hey, what do you think about doing this collaborative work? She has published several books on her own. Um, So she's kind of our, our lead. Like we uh, defer to her with all our, publishing questions, um, but yes, I think we definitely have talked about the possibility of doing another um, collection uh, in the future, so I hope right. I hope we do, because we work really well together, and we're all very different. We have different ideas, and we bring different things to the table, so.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sure that there are uh, a wide breadth of stories within that uh, collection, I mean the five Especially with you, it's, it's kind of like the uh, fall asleep, wake up, and you're in a different time, and you're, you're uh, way in the future. <laughs> but uh, uh, before we close out today, is there anything that you might want to pass along to uh, the young or the old as far as wanting to write, or maybe even reading? Is, is there What do you need to do to fall back into love of reading or writing?
1: I think, um, I think for, for the most part, to be a good writer, you need to be a strong reader. Um, it just goes hand in hand. A lot of what you read, you learn good writing skills. Um, so definitely, I, I meet a lot of young people who want to write, but they don't want to read. And I try to encourage them that the more they read, the better writers that they will become. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's sometimes hard to convince young people young kids of that just yet you know but uh and then as far as like well, yeah the reading is to find the genre or the author that just speaks to you and dive in and um you know because you have to really love what you're reading to get hooked on it Yeah. Um, and you, you know you were talking about yeah so many things interfere with your reading time and uh for me i have the same thing i'd love to read but i can't read just in the middle of the day, I have too many things going on, but that's my before bed routine. And Mm -hmm. I almost can't sleep unless I've just, just a few pages, I just have to read a few pages and, and then I can go to bed.
0: (laughs) Do you, I'll say as an adult, um, do you recall the book that you read or the author that, uh, you favored that got you Re-energized or reinvigorated into reading, is there an author or book that jumps out? I'm saying that because I know for me, I know one.
1: Um. So, uh, like when I was young and first, like snapped into getting well, back into.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, it's if. If you were the type of person that ever really fell out of it for some reason, like I fell out and then I found my way back. I was always interested in reading. I was Mm -hmm. always loved illustration. I always loved story, listening to stories, but I fell out of reading for one reason or another. And then I found the book and the author again. And that had to have been when I was like 18 or something like that. I can't remember the age. Um,
1: You know, that's a really... A uh, tough question. I would say, though, um, and I know what you mean about falling out, just life takes over mm-hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think I can pinpoint it on a specific author or title, but I would say um, historical fiction. Uh, I really enjoy historical fiction. Uh, and I think when I was in school, when I was in, um, you know, elementary school or high school, I was not interested in history. Like I really was not a good history student. And then as I got older and I started reading like historical fictions, I got so interested in a historical part. Mm-hmm. And so that just hooked me into uh, reading and traveling because I didn't start traveling until I was, um, I think in my 30s. So I think all of that happened kind of at the same time. Wow. So, yeah. Interesting.
0: Well, I've got a, a couple of questions of this or that type of question before we close it out.
1: Real quick, can you tell me your your author, the oh. book that you were saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Brooks, The Sword of Shannara.
1: Uh-huh. So... Uh, read the it. first
0: one, I got right into it with the characters and the books. And I actually uh, would put on a set of headphones and mm-hmm. listen to, um, uh, I, would, I don't want to call it a subliminal thing, but uh, just the, the atmosphere type of sounds. Mm-hmm. And for me, what was interesting is, oh, this is what's crazy. So it was a cassette tape that I found. So this tells you it was a little bit back. A cassette tape. And it was on how to quit smoking. I was never a smoker. But I thought, oh, these are pretty cool sounds. And it just started out. Listen oh, to wow. the tone of my voice. All of, I just throw it on. And then I would start reading. And I would actually, I wouldn't become one of the characters, but I was there. Um, and then the coolest part about this, when I go back to read again, I put it back on, turn it on. Boom. I was right back into that story.
1: Oh, that's great. And
0: that took me through like, Seven of the books, and then pretty soon, all right, that happened like three generations ago, and it's the same story, but it's a different name. And then I veered away, and I went to a book called uh, The Bats, <laughs> and mm-hmm. just got a little bit more into that stuff. But uh,
1: yeah, Terry Brooks
0: and the Sword of Shannara was Great. what uh, caught my interest again. Great. Right, so that uh, this or that quick okay. rank of question things, and uh, I'm going to start by asking you Willy Wonka or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
1: Oh, chitty chitty bang bang. Really? Okay, yes. so do tell why. Um, you know, it's funny because that's not a story that um you really hear about or see about that much these days. Mm-hmm. But I love that flying car. I thought that flying car was the best. <laughs> yeah. I just I loved that. Oh, I'm gonna want to watch that movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I it was it was my question for that for you was going to be between those two or Willy Wonka and Bedknobs and Broomsticks because they both had something that's flying. Oh you know right, Bedknobs and Broomsticks.
1: But I think I would pick for between those two, I'd probably pick Willy Wonka. I don't actually um, know knobs and Broomsticks uh-huh. as well. Yeah.
0: But Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yep.
1: Chitty Chitty Bang yeah. yeah. I love the music in it. Um, yeah. Yes
0: it's all about storytelling too. And they both had great stories and there's morals, like I said, in book story writing, you want to try to put in a a moral to the story, especially for the younger kids. Mm -hmm. um, All right. So cheeseburger or pizza?
1: Pizza. Okay.
0: (laughs) You absolutely know what you like and what you want, because I put out some of those questions and people like, I don't know. I can't decide. So we have to, uh, I like this. And I like that.
1: It's like, no, you got to choose one. Just, yeah. You know, that's funny that you say that though, because I'm a terrible decision maker.
0: <laughs> you sure don't seem like it. I mean, it's like, you know, you knew exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's
0: great. Um, well, is there anything that you want to throw out? I mean, let's, let's once again, remind everybody uh, the, the collection, the name of the book, And your story name, of course, Rita Van Winkle, but uh, and where they could get it.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's The Girl Who Lived in a Shoe and Other Torn Up Tales. And um, I'll hold it up one more time. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got the sun has moved in this short amount of time. Uh, So, The Girl Who Lived in a Shoe and Other Torn Up Tales and can be found on Amazon, IndieBound. Or go to your local bookstore and ask them to buy it. And if you can't go into your local bookstore, I've noticed if you go onto their websites, uh, you can request it that way and they'll order it for you. Um, and then, yes, my story is called Rita Van Winkle. So
0: Excellent. And you as the uh, the writer, the author of this, can they look it up by by your name as well? Could they go under Loralee Smith?
1: And- you know, that's. That's a really good question. I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, uh, but look at They can look it un, up under Bernice Seward. S-E-W-A-R-D. Okay. Um, but. Well, hmm.
0: Viewers and listeners, don't forget the name. Laura Lee Smith.
1: <laughs> author you. that's coming up
0: and going to write great things for your children.
1: I hope so. Thank you so much, Chuck. Yeah.
0: well, Thank you, Laura Lee, for uh, for doing this today. I'm taking time out of your busy day. And if you have sun coming through, lucky you.
1: Yeah, it is. It's turning out. It's a really nice fall day here.
0: (laughs) I'm jealous, jealous.
1: Well, thanks again. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. Thanks, Laura Lee.
1: All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Now, as always, as I say in the beginning and the end, pretty much, is thank you very much for listening. And please, do your best, share this, like it, comment it, and most definitely rate it. But I want to see five stars. This is only going to help the channel grow. If you would like to leave a voicemail for comments or anything like that, or questions, or if you want to be a guest, please dial in. Our number is 425 425- Nine nine eight eight two five one. Again, this is for the caller hotline number. It's 425-998-8251. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks.